Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is the number one online source for wine and spirits, offering over 3,000 products. You won't find a better selection of spirits and wines anywhere else. You can order everything from the most popular brands to some brands out there that you may not know of, but you should definitely try. They also have gift boxes for those special occasions that are coming up. To check out Country Wine and Spirits and go find that perfect spirit for yourself, go to cwspirits.com. And when you check out, use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 and get 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com, coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 for 5% off. Luis Lopez, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, Anthony, very well. Very excited to be here today with you. It's great to have you. You are an ambassador for Milagro Tequila. Is that correct? That, that is correct. The, the miracle of tequila, bringing you the brighter side of tequila everywhere I go. All right. It's, this is getting exciting. I'm uh, getting more more ambassadors on this show, and uh, it's getting exciting for me to be able to talk to, the, uh, talk to you guys about the uh, all the liquors out there and you are my first tequila uh, ambassador to come on my show so thank you very much oh what an epic pleasure thank you for having me and it's always very cool you know i want to be part of the cool kids so <laughs> you had ambassadors on the show but the first tequila one i'll get down with that that's amazing man yeah thank it, you it's great all right so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from all that stuff yeah so let's, let's just start from the beginning here my name is Luis Lopez, and I reside in Los Angeles, California. I am a native to Los Angeles. My cultural background is from Guatemala, but it is a neighboring country to Mexico, so I have a lot of Mexican influence in my history and culture. Uh, at the moment, I have the privilege of traveling many states, for the most part, the West, uh, the West Coast. So that's about you know 25 states that I get to go, uh, you know, shine the, the beautiful light of Milagro Tequila. Uh, at this moment, I do reside in West Hollywood, California, uh, just right outside of the mix of all the, the, the awesome, crazy bars that are out there. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm very well-rounded with uh, Los Angeles. I, I did live in Barton and Venice Beach. I did live in Barton and Studio City. did live in Barton and Hollywood. So kind of get the three points out, out there to kind of uh, make myself well-rounded in conversation pieces and understanding the lay of the land out here, you know? You uh, yeah, you've bartended in the major tourist cities. Everybody knows about those places. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's there's so many stories, and it's also probably the reason why I've been molded to the bartender and you know, uh, good listener of a of a person that I have become now because each of these locations just offer so many different walks of life. You know, and you said tourism. I mean, Venice Beach. That's a that's an animal. Depending on what block you're on, what bar uh, what bar you bartended at, you definitely uh, 
learned patience, but you also learned uh, so many things that you wouldn't have known if you'd never bartended Venice Beach. And then you go all the way over here in Hollywood, which everyone thinks is just, you know, wild, crazy Hollywood mess, but some of the most oldest bars exist in Hollywood and some of the most like beautiful steak white tablecloth settings exist in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really exciting to be able to, you know, be all over those places uh, in a healthy manner and not only just live in them, bartend in them, bar back in them. So, you know, just giving you a little brief there. I, I do have my, I have had my hands dirty with uh, the glassware and tins before prior to becoming an ambassador, which, you know, we can step a little deeper into in a second, but that's kind of like the, my initial uh, background. Uh, most people, you know, ask me where I, I'm from. And I, the best way I could put it is I am a born Angelino raised Guatemalan Angelino, you know, cause every, I don't know if anybody knows the school system out here is the LAUSD school system was a fantastic place. So uh, every four months I would be in school and every two months I would be on vacation. And every two months I would spend them in Guatemala. Wow. That's cool. Did you uh, work while you were in Guatemala or did you just enjoy, enjoy yourself there? Uh, tell you the truth. I, as a, as a kid, I thought it was a punishment for my parents because I wanted to be here with my friends during summer, you know, and just enjoy it. But now as a grown adult, I actually, I praise, praise them both because they actually did me good. My Spanish is actually very well. Um, I am so in tune with the culture. I am very open-minded. I know different types of foods and, you know, I have, I have a whole other set of family and friends over there. So it, it was a blessing, but overall it was, I never worked over there. I literally was just go over there and be with your family and become in, embedded in the culture, you know, never lose in touch with your culture, which dates back into like, you know, Aztec times to Mayan times to the time where tequila was called tequila. You know, there's something called pulque that came once upon a time. So it all just kind of like really wraps in nicely. But no, I didn't work. That was definitely not a thing. It was just to go over there and, you know, get immersed in the culture. Well, that's nice. You got to spend time with the family and then make uh, make friends across the border. That's uh, And stay in touch with uh, your family and your heritage. That's also very, very important. So I, I like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was a complete blessing. But, um, Overall, I am, for the most part, when I am not traveling to different states and educating on agave and milagro tequila, I, I'm here in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Uh, well, L.A. is awesome. Uh, I've been past it and haven't been to L.A. Uh, truth being told, I've only been as far as San Francisco when it comes to California. But, uh, you know, just all the stuff you see on TV, at least, uh, it's it looks like a cool place to uh go and visit, check oh, out yeah, super. tons of landmarks. And, uh, I'm a pop culture junkie. So I would be all over the place, you know, uh, looking, you know, around Hollywood. This is where they filmed this. This is what, where they did this. <laughs> oh, totally. There's, there's just so many endless amount of sites and monumental places and never a dull night. I mean, it could be Monday through Sunday and, you know, there's something always to do. And this is why I guess we all pay the premium prices out here. But, you know, I was, I was, I was born in it. So it's kind of like, uh, Hey, it is what it is. You know, yeah. especially traveling a lot throughout the country. I get to see different, different prices of like the gas prices, the rent prices, house prices. It's interesting, man. But you know, people, as people left, I still stay put because this is, this is home to me. And this is where I learned the basics, which is like the foundation of who I am as a person and how I became to become a, brand ambassador you know and there's a whole story before before all that because uh truth sure. be told it's 
it's actually like uh, being an ambassador is like a shooting star. There's not there's not that many of them, you know, for every brand. All right, so uh, now that we're into the show a little bit, we got to know you a little bit. As you know, you, uh, you've you already checked out a little bit of the show. I like to start the show off with a drink special. Now, uh, since you're an ambassador with Milagro Tequila, uh, why don't you tell us a drink that goes really well with your uh, brand? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, with Milagro Tequila, first thing is very, like, bright agave forward. So it's a stand-up tequila in any cocktail, which is what you want. You don't want it to be, like, masquerade by all the sugars, all the other taste profiles that just kind of don't allow you to appreciate the liquid to lips. So one of my favorite cocktails to make is something called a piñita. And the word piñita means little pineapple. And if anybody listening knows that we refer to piñas to agaves because the agave plant actually looks like a pineapple. Sure. So it's all tied in together. So piñita, very basic. It's uh, four ingredients, I believe. It is pineapple juice, it is lime juice, it is agave nectar, and most importantly, Milagro Tequila Silver. All right? And it's a, a pretty much a riff on what people would like to call a daiquiri, right? So, so just switch out the, the sweetness for agave nectar and switch out rum for uh, Milagro Tequila. And it's honestly just a bright, refreshing, all-year drinker, you know? Uh, and there's, obviously, I would always go with the freshest ingredients, but pineapple tastes really done good all year round so uh this is one of my favorite cocktails and honestly it has yet to disappoint so <laughs> so you use real uh pineapple when you make this is it's a blended drink right no so this is a beautiful part so uh i usually stay away from blended drinks one is because i like to recreate these cocktails wherever i go it's like i'm usually not walking around with a blender but i do have two amazing hands and a great mind that always knows recipes so as long as there's a shaker involved and ingredients, I could get down with cocktails. So this is actually a cocktail that goes up in a martini glass, and it is shaken for about, you know, a minute to really get the dilution going and uh, really bring the, the flavor profile to brightness and forward. And then served uh, over a martini glass, usually garnished with a lime wheel or pineapple, uh, pineapple piece. And then there you go, just enjoy. And this is uh, this is a shaking cocktail. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you put this in a blender, you would probably have to put like five of them together in order to get like an abundancy amount, right? And yes, if I if I get the opportunity, fresh pineapple makes such a difference. But but I'm gonna put this out there too. Dole pineapple juice. You can find it pretty much everywhere, and it's it's also very very good tasting. Yeah. All right, it's, it sounds amazing. Sounds like a, uh, something sweet, very refreshing. Uh, mm. uh, you know, great. And, and, and also, it doesn't it doesn't mean I don't. That's one of the ones I like to do. But of course, I can't stick away from the margarita. You know, the margarita is the world renowned king of of the tequila cocktails. This is the number one tequila cocktail nationally. But at this point, I want to say globally because if we step into that small little conversation there. You go to Europe, you say margarita, bartender, no. You go to, you know, Russia, China, wherever you go, everybody knows the margarita. And it's really exciting to hear that because I believe this year is the first year that tequila is is going to or has already surpassed the sales of vodka, which has always been number one in all of America, which is wild. It is, this, is, this is insane. This is insanity. Uh, I can't even tell you how how crazy this is, but this is, has never, this is breaking history. This is making history. This has never been the case before. 
Oh, wow. so really exciting stuff there. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm just kind of happy that uh, you said it was a uh, straight up drink because. Uh, you probably know most of us bartenders on those particular nights were not in the mood. Oh, I'm sorry, the blender's broken. So <laughs> it's just a <laughs> yeah, long joke absolutely. between bartenders, you know. <laughs> yeah, especially on the weekend. Don't don't do that to them. Do not do that to them. <laughs> I mean, if you're a bartender and you respect the, the the trade, I mean, you know, you know how to read the room, which is something I do really well. So you're absolutely right. No, this is straight, simple, easy. And it's also, it made a fantastic point. Actually, this, this cocktail was actually designed for speed and efficiency. So you hit it on the money with that one. So it's, it's a bartender friendly. Definitely. Well, uh, your company was good enough to send me, uh, send me my own bottle of Milagro. And, uh, I think I'm going to probably try to make that on my TikTok channel this weekend and, uh, give it a try myself and then let everybody know what we think about it. So, uh, for those of you listening at home, we're going to uh, all make it on the TikTok channel. You can see how it's made. And uh, if you try it, make sure to let me know. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Or you can let Luis know, and we'll give you his information towards the end of the show. So, uh, so Luis, now, uh, you said that you've gotten your hands dirty in the uh, hospitality industry, in the service industry. When did you start? Uh, the such a, such a trip down memory lane. All right, so this is for sure has got to be 2010. This is the first time I ever, you know, got into the bar scene, and it all started off as a as a dishwasher slash busser. Yeah, uh, the, the story is actually pretty iconic just because I started at a place called Piano Bar in Hollywood, which no longer exists, but people who have been in the service industry longer than me or in the same realm as me, which are some of the the pioneers of the cocktail making scene. Know that place? It's a, it was a pretty special place. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, was, that was the first time I ever got into the bar scene. So I went from doing that for about two years. And then finally I got the opportunity to become a bar back, which in our reality, I knew what it was, but it wasn't my my biggest idea to keep on moving up because like I think many, many stories out here is that you're either doing it as a side job because you have a main focus. It's either you're a musician, you're an actor. Uh, my case was I was actually a student. So it allowed me to wake up really early in the morning and, you know, kick into my night shift and then do it again day after day. And tell you the truth, I mean, 30, 21, it was, it was a very dreamy-like scenario because it was all past pretty much back then. This was before you used to get, have to get paid on your checks. This was before you had to declare... X amount of, of, you know, dollars. This is like when it was just like, you have a shift, you have cash in your pocket. So it was actually a very nice, um, nice payout. But after the trajectory of becoming a busser, there was like a, something I realized about myself that I didn't quite know is that I actually love people. I love being surrounded by them. I love just different conversation pieces. And it was just so interesting. I was just like a sponge taking everything in. And then when I moved into the position of bar back, I did that for, I don't know, let's say, you know, maybe three years. And this is where like my wheels really started turning. Um, and I, I just, I was just ex- observing the other bartenders and watching them make like, the top three drinks that setting all night, you know, a- apart from all the classics. So there was like the house cocktails that sold. And of course this is like the, where the big boom was of old fashions, you know, the resurrection of Manhattan and 
whiskey sours made with traditional eggs. The first time I stepped behind a bar, I was like, why the heck is there any eggs back here? <laughs> you know? And then the, the guy's like, look at me, he's like, we need more eggs. I was 30. I walked into a bar that was already rocking and rolling, but I was like, wow. I was like mesmerized by all this. It was just like a, it was just like such a magic show. And it was kind of a thing where the bartender was always an MVP, you know, at least bartenders with a good attitude to, towards the guests or the clients or anybody that sat in front of you. They, you, they were always just so happy to talk to you. They were just so happy to like be in your presence because one, you had a good conversation with them. You're like somebody of safety or of like that you offer that kind of safety and you're able to make delicious cocktails. You know, you're, you're, you're the, you're the person to be friends with. So after all that good stuff, one day I didn't think I was ever going to become a bartender full transparency. It's one of those things where somebody asked me a question and I was like, well, in my mind, I was like, I don't want to become a bartender. Like, why are you kind of questioning me in that way? You know, they probably saw a little passion in me that I didn't even know I had. But after that question was asked to me, which was like, Hey, don't you want to become a bartender? Cause they asked me a question of, you know, a cocktail recipe and I didn't know it. And they're like, dude, if you want to become a bartender, you got to start learning this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Walked away that, that evening at night. And I was like, you know what? I'm in there in the same hours. I, I get there earlier. I'm in there like doing a little bit of heavier lifting. I'm like, why well, do I want to become a bartender? Make you a little bit more money than, you know, where I'm at as a bar back. But I'm going to tell you this. I am so happy I took the, the ladder up because I have such a full respect and understanding of everybody in the trade, of why people move left, right, back, forward, how things are rotated in the fridge, why, why everything is positioned. But that's only because I was a buster and a bar back, and we're the ones setting everything up in the back. And so the bartender could be, like, highlighted. But without a good... Uh, Behind every good bartender, there's always a fantastic bar back, you know, and that's just like the, the nature of the beast. And uh, I was actually, um, one of my home bars, which I, if you're from Los Angeles, it's pretty well known out here, but it's called black market liquor bar in studio city. Mm-hmm. This is the first place that gave me my opportunity to actually bartend. Uh, and some amazing, great, fantastic bartenders came out of the place. And now they are, you know, they are just, they're top dogs in whatever industry they're in which is, and still it's this world, but it's one of those things that the names that came out of that place were very iconic. And these are the people who were taking me under the wing and allowing me to, to learn from them, you know? And then when I got into that bartending role, uh, man, I, I did that after bartending. And don't get me wrong. I had a huge fan base, man. If, you, if, if, this, if this thing had a video and we were able to show, man, I have, I have like a little salsa move and I did have like a, a crowd. <laughs> So yeah. I was definitely a crowd person and I, I, you know, I sensed that and I love that, you know, but after barging a little bit, I, I wanted more and not more money. I kind of wanted more experience. I wanted more, you know, how do I get more involved with this? So then I went into bar managing and then that's where I got really taken for a, a twist because this is where you had to learn how to, you know, manage a whole team, which is a whole, you know, down, down a black hole scenario. But yeah, after that, this is where we kind of step into the world of how did you become a brand ambassador situation? And all right. You said that you, and now I've always been a big believer that the hospitality industry working as whether it's being a host server, bartender, whatever, it's a great job to pursue uh, something, uh, something else. So you already said it. Some people like want to be a musician, writer, actor, or in your case, you said school. Uh, I've always referred to working in the hospitality industry, working in restaurants as a great job in order to be able to pursue your passions or something like that. Would you agree with that? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a true fact. I mean, the biggest thing too with anything you do, if you do it, do it well, and you never know how far you're gonna get into it. Which is kind of like my situation, you know. What was what were you studying at the time? Uh, so I actually went to Cal State Northridge, uh, CSUN, and I studied uh, mechanical engineering. I'm actually not that far from completing it. I just kind of went to a complete halt because my career with this was has taken off. Sure. Pretty smoothly. So I, I think I believe I have uh, in the in the university world about, you know, a, a year left to kind of get my degree. Mm-hmm. So I might go back and finish it, you know, but at the moment I I am um, fully satisfied uh, mentally, financially, and honestly from from all rounds of my heart, super happy, you know, and I, I know I'm not going to be behind an office. I know that is not the moment. I know I'm not going to be somewhere where I, I can't bring smiles to other people. You know, naturally, this is how I thrive personally. So I know I'm in the right setting overall, you know, and uh, it just helps that I, I do, uh, you know, represent a tequila company. So that's always <laughs> exciting. <laughs> um, so becoming an ambassador now, uh, you guys have to go around. You, uh, you have to talk to people. You have to uh, sell your product. Um, working behind the bar, talking to customers, entertaining your customers, uh, all that stuff. Were you like that before you started bartending? Were you that type of uh, personality you know or was it afterwards? No, I, I want to say as, as, a, as a little munchkin, I was always like that. But I think the older that I got, the bigger my personality got. Hence, bigger the confidence I had of just about the outlook of life, mm. right? So I just like one big thing is that I just started listening a lot more and I started observing a lot more. So you know, I, I remember just watching a video not so long ago, of me being a little kid and being like a little center of attention, you know, <laughs> dancing the macarena in the middle of the whole entire like family party, you know. And then <laughs> I look back at something, uh, yeah, you know, and I look back at something like ten years ago, and I'm like, man, you're just. You're just outgoing. But the crazy part is that I never realized that until somebody like yourself asked me that. And I was like, oh, I guess I've, I guess I've always been like this. Yeah. You know? And even my close friends, they're like, dude, I don't even know how you do it. How do you get on stage? How do you, you know, how do you just take over a room? You know, it's just like, dude, I don't even know how I do it. It's just one of those things where, like, I thrive on the specific scenario. Don't get me wrong. I get nervous when it's, like, some public speaking like everybody does. Sure. But... I do have the natural, like, I want to say flow or charisma that go- allows me to, to be able to flourish within the scenario, you know? You, so I, I've always, I've always been that, that way. You, cause you act like you have a very extrovert uh, type of personality and a lot of bartenders, we, uh, well, at least in my case, I'll only speak for myself. I won't speak for anybody else. In my case, uh, I was extroverted as kind of like a character, when I was behind the bar, you know, I'm there oh, yeah, telling jokes, ego, I was huh? small, tell, telling jokes, uh, smiling, joking in, you know, serving drinks, telling stories. But as soon as my shift is over, I'm quiet, you know, and you know, introverted me comes oh, back. Man. I don't want, absolutely. yeah, <laughs> but it, yeah, I totally, I totally get that. I had so many coworkers that were exactly like that, but you know, there's, I, I totally understand. But me personally, I, I was very like always outgoing and spoken, but the moment that no matter if you were, uh, what is it, extrovert or introvert, the moment that your hands grab the tins and you, you know, you start pouring like liquid into, you know, your tools, you start flipping the jigger around, you start like counting your head, you start measuring. There's just something that doesn't exist around you. 
and you're you're like in your you're like in your holy place you know like the sound seems so secondary the comments are secondary and you're just proud of how delicious this darn cocktail is gonna come out <laughs> because your number one job is to make a delicious cocktail with a you know not even with the smile your my natural smile came out because i'm like yo this cocktail right here jesus this is gonna this is gonna be the first gin cocktail this person ever had let me let me wait to change their life they've never had a whiskey sour with egg whites let me do this right the right way where they're never going to forget the name of the bar and most importantly they're never going to forget me you know yeah. so it's it's a sense of passion that i've i've noticed that it doesn't matter if i felt however you felt it just you you kind of like go into your own little world which has been a, a beautiful like experience and then time after time it changes depending on the location and which bar you worked at and all that stuff but yes i have definitely been a lot more out there than most bartenders that i've personally met because like I could relate have many coworkers right after the shift that like thank gosh like that shift's <laughs> over I couldn't couldn't deal with any more of these people you know and I'm over here like the happiest guy like man you really want to work in like I'm, you're like crushing my dreams right now don't do that to me <laughs> you know yeah it's but not it's like not we, that it's just like it's not like we didn't like the job knowledge. it's it's just we put on the character and we have to hold that character for 10 hours and so it's exhausting towards the end of the day. Totally, totally. This is uh, you're absolutely correct on that. And it took me a little time to realize that too. So you know, I I, I bow down to them, or just in general, because you are upholding a different character, which is a lot more exerting than energy. You know, for me, I'm all like, here we go, let's do it. You know. <laughs> now before but, we, yeah, super super great uh, subject. But before uh, before we move, uh, move on a little bit farther in your life, I have to ask, you talked about Venice Beach. You talked about Hollywood. Is it like you see uh, on TV? Is it, are there beautiful people everywhere walking up and down the street and uh, all that stuff? You know what? There's, there's, there's something beautiful about every person in life yeah. in general, no matter how up or down they are. But, but yes, there, there are some fantastic, fantastic people out there. And like everything. There's some people that, you know, just just don't get it. Like, <laughs> it's very difficult. And this is where, like, you know, the your your patience is measured to allow you to grow as a person, right? Because as you continue, you know, living life, you're going to be confronted with some, maybe some very, very difficult situations. But then I always refer back to, like, man, that one time I would have, I was going to grab this patient that just reached over and touched all my olives and ate them, you know, like, like, ah, okay. Well, you know what? All right. We're, we're, okay. This it just, I feel better right now. You know, this is me talking to my, so. but yes, there's amazing, amazing people out there. And actually there's, a, there's specifically, you know, within like the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, there has been amazing people that are really interested into craft cocktails. So that's like oh, where yeah. the excitement comes because, before the 15 year mark or, you know, maybe you could push a little for like 18 years. The craft cocktail scene was, you know, just rum and Cokes, uh, gin and tonics, tequila sodas. And if you were at a craft cocktail bar, you're probably ordering a cosmopolitan or a gin martini, you know, and that's, that's how, that's just how it was. But seeing that people are actually passionate and they come to you for a certain guidance on it, you really kind of see like, you're, you're like their teacher. You become their teacher. You know, mm-hmm. so overall, there is a there is amazing people, and I'm gonna tell you another big thing is depending 
in which area or if you're from New York or which uh, bureau or, you know, whatever zone you're in, in whatever city you're in, you're going to get different walks of life. And that being said, you're going to get different lingos. You're going to get different requests of cocktails. You're going to get different um, financial stability, you know? Mm -hmm. So this all makes a huge difference. It's also going to allow you to carry like the really high end good stuff, like in Añejo, a Reposado compared to like maybe a, a dive bar where they don't need to have all that. And they have, they only have like that silver, right. You know? So all this has a, uh, a pivoting towards how, what kind of people are going to get into your bar. But, uh, Venice beach was the most interesting. Uh, second most interesting was, I guess, Beverly Hills, West Hollywood. And then third, just because I think I was around it so much is like Hollywood. Hollywood is just, uh, you know, a, a beautiful dynamic, but, uh, yeah, definitely beautiful people all the way around. Now I have to ask because I uh, I'm a schmuck for asking this question. Uh, running any celebrities uh, or serving? Oh yeah. So it's so wild. I am the worst. I am the worst with like names. I faces, even faces. I see a celebrity. I'm like, dude, I think I met him, but I, <laughs> I really think like I personally met him like. Like if I shook their hand down the street one day, but then I show, I, I, I'm like, I just show the bartender, I'm like, Hey, uh, I think I know that person. Like, do you know them? They're like, dude, that's the guy from like, you know, uh, like Nip Tuck. Or like, yo, that's the, the guy from like, you know, the girl from the Sex and the City. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, I'm so silly. And the best part is like, they come up to, come up to, to me and I treat them like a completely normal guest. I, there's no like, and I'm sure they love treatment. that. And I think, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure too, because I'm not like, you know, kind girl, girl in the ear. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, that, that was a, a normal experience, something that they don't normally get because everyone's like drooling over them. But yes, I do. And uh, most importantly, I have seen the most amount of, of famous people. Man, I've seen a lot. I, I probably, I want to say like over like 30 famous people. But it also has to do with which establishments mm-hmm. I used to work at, right? Because, you know, they're frequent. It's all like the class, the status, and, you know, where's, where's the private back entrance? Where's the hidden room? So all, all this has a, a very big thing. But definitely, definitely. Uh, one of, I think one of my biggest excitement ones was, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the show uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I actually have never watched it. Uh, I've probably okay. lost a couple of podcast listeners for saying that, but uh, <laughs> I've always, I always meant to, but no, I never well, got around to it. Well, or like another one's like, uh, like Lamar Odom when they sat at the bar and mm-hmm. I was just like, I literally came back from the literally sat at the bar. I came back from my break and I was like, damn, that's a tall person at the bar. <laughs> like they're taking up two stools and I'm like, Whoa. Okay. And then like I'm, I sit and they sit there right in front of my well, and I'm like, he has really nice jewelry on, but nothing. Like I, I I'm so horrible at this. And then this guy, he's like, hey, uh, I'll just take a triple tequila. And I look at this guy, I'm like, man, I mean, I'm not gonna serve you a triple. I'm gonna serve you a single, but you can order more. And he just looks at me like I'm the craziest person alive. <laughs> and I was, and then in my mind, I'm just like. I don't, I don't get it, you know? And then people are like, the, the guy next to me is like, dude, that's a Glamour Odom. And I was like, oh my God, of course, please. of course. Like, you're, you're that bartender, bro. Like, but it, it was it was exciting because at the same time, I still upkept my professionalism to that, you of know? Course. And I hope to a certain degree, it's like, you know, when you're behind the bar, you, you're also 
kind of like given like a badge back there because you're responsible for consumption. You're you're responsible for intoxication. Mm-hmm. So it, it was all fun and games. But that's like one of like the, the I guess, the bigger, bigger names that I, how, how, you, in your mind, you're probably like, Luis, you, you little knucklehead. How can you not, <laughs> you know? Well, so, yeah, a, a lot of these scenarios have happened before. Yeah, I always have to ask people about, uh, that have worked in areas like such as your, uh, like you said, in Hollywood and stuff like that, just because I'm a sucker for stories like that. And uh, I don't necessarily go, try to go after the stories where, like, the guy asked for a drink, you asked for their ID, and they look at you and say the famous phrase, excuse me, but don't you, do you know who I am? It, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, that's a, you know what, and that's a, that's super true. But you know, up to this point, I haven't had a celebrity do that to me. I have had just uh, somebody that has a lot of money, which you know, who knows? They probably own like a huge company, or they own you know a producer or something. But man, it's it's wild how that's like a real thing out there. And then the, you know what's the the, the real thing that like this, that's like okay, cool. I don't know who you are. I apologize. Let's move on forward. What can I get? But the moment that they grab that card, that like heavy metal card, you know, that they like to carry around and they start clicking it against the bar top. Woo, <laughs> oh, that's, that is a, that's fighting words. That, that's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a piercing moment. And the best part, make them wait, make them wait, <laughs> you know? So uh, that was like the little thing. And uh, yeah, man, it, it, your, your bartender could be your best friend. And at the same time, he could, if you show them a little bit of patience, they're gonna they're gonna take care of you all night, man. Because all they want from everybody is to keep them happy. And if you could give them a little patience, it's gonna take you far. Oh, it's gonna take you far. At least for that evening. <laughs> hey, bartender. Milagro tequila is made from hundred percent blue agave. Enjoy it as an aspartif or straight with lime, salt, and sangria. The blue bottle represents the purity and the intensity of the blue agave. Get yourself a bottle and taste a brighter side of tequila. Milagro Tequila is available at your local liquor store, or you can go to cwspirits.com and order it there. Just remember to use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout to get 5% off your entire order on that website. Please remember to drink responsibly. So, after how many years did you bartend before you became an ambassador? Ooh, uh, let's see. So, let's put it at 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, let's say t- so, so, yeah, like four years. No, five years. Sorry, 2015. So, five years of, of like legit bartending. But prior to that, it was something we like to call a pouring bar back. Mm-hmm. So, you could add like another two years to that um, and then like seven years overall. And then I did it within those seven years, I did a year of bar managing as well. And then even before uh, a brand manager, I did something into like the sales world. I was actually like a salesperson for, for liquor. Oh. So I really got like the full 360 realm. Cause you know, being an ambassador, you're, 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 you're marketing, you're a walking billboard, you know, you're like the shooting star, you know, like, you know how we think of stars of movies? Um, you know, we just spoke about it. You know, having an ambassador in front of you that covers the nation or half the nation or a global ambassador, you know, that's like a rare sighting. So within our own industry, we are stars, you mm-hmm. know? 
Yeah. But uh, now, since I did a little bit of sales, I actually have like that beautiful tactic of how to like incorporate incorporate myself into certain scenarios, you know. But yeah, so about like seven years overall of bartending and like like industry experience, I think we're like climbing onto like the twelfth year now, which is pretty wild. So you did some sales a little bit. How did you end up becoming an ambassador for Milagro? Becoming an ambassador for Milagro Tequila, it was just a uh, your reputation preceding me. Also being able to be highlighted whenever I attended like industry events. By this, what I mean is when you walk into a room of 200 bartenders, what makes you different? Mm. How do you stand out? You know, maybe you don't know who's in that room. Maybe like the CEO of a brand is there and they're like, yo, that person is perfect for the, the new position role that's about to open, you know? But I think it's all perfect timing. It's all a little bit of luck and it's just, obtaining a healthy reputation from the moment you started this industry. Because if you know anything about anything, no matter what industry you're in, everything shrinks down. It's very small. And then one day, uh, somebody actually grabbed me and they were like, Hey Luis, I feel like you are a good candidate for this role. Uh, why don't we get, uh, get you ahead and get you interviewed. So no matter what the situation is, you only get presented these opportunities after Technically, someone seeks you out or you find yourself in a great position and you start searching the web for, for job opportunities. And then you're, you're, you know, you're, you're probably in that bucket with another 100 people trying to get that same role. And to tell you the truth, the interview process is, uh, it's very creative, you know? Mm-hmm. So, because this role is all about creativity. It's all about, hey, how do we, how do we throw an event, but not just, another event how do we make it different you know and then this is when like could be very difficult for some people because some people could just throw ideas out like crazy they're just spinning ideas you know if you're someone like myself it takes me a while man i gotta sit down with like a pen and paper you know put some like blues some jazz some music that doesn't have any lyrics in it mm-hmm. and just kind of like start writing ideas down you know and that and that could take me a whole day it could take me two days while some people are just out there like different ideas all, all the way through and it's like oh man aren't you lucky but uh <laughs> yeah at the end of the day it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful role and to become an ambassador honestly is it's it's a great possibility for everyone and anyone but you do have to have a lot of industry experience and i get it you know i totally get it you're going to be highlighted on the level of like hey this is the person who's going to represent this company in seminars on big stages festivals you're going to be put as a position of leadership hey uh, Luis how do we here's an X amount of dollars just make it happen and then you're like wow like really They're like yeah you build the entire thing you build the team you hire everybody to cater and it's it's a wild roller coaster and that's also like what's the saying it's like uh, you're a uh, what is it it's like uh, master of none nowhere of all Something, something like that, right? Like the saying that goes like that. I think well, that's it's it. It's yeah. kind of like that. It's, it's kind of one of those situations because as an ambassador, at least with Milagro Tequila, they give me so much creative liberty. But it's also it's also one of those things where you got to keep the, the wheels turning, you know? And I could go one day, like, for example, we're on the, the Hey Bartender podcast today, and tomorrow morning I got to be in, uh, you know, Arizona, like, good morning, Arizona. And the next day I got to be in like, yo, good morning, Seattle. And then the next day I got to be at a festival, you know, guiding 
a hundred people of like making sure everything looks to right perfectly on brand, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a pivoting role, you know? And then, you know, on the good days, they're like, Luis, can you guess bartend? And I'm like, absolutely. When and where, <laughs> you know, set me up, give me some tins, bring it back down to the basics and let's give the people what they love. You know? I imagine so, there's a lot of studying it. I imagine there's a lot of studying that goes along with it too. You, uh, you have to be able to know, uh, specifics about, uh, not just your brand, but uh, the distilling oh, yeah. process. If, if, if and... you, all this, if you want to be, if you want to be known as not as just an ambassador, that's that's great and all. But if you want to be known in this industry as a good ambassador or somebody who's making a difference in this industry as an brand ambassador, you have to stay very educated and on your toes about it. You not only have to know about, like, I don't only have to know about Milagro Tequila. I have to know about the category. You know, because what happens is they set me up on the podcast where there's like three other amazing, beautiful minds around the table. And we just start, you know, discussing and we're like, well, hold on, hold on. That, that's not a law. That's not a law. <laughs> that is something that you can do, you know, but it's like, this is how you also get your name out there. This is how your reputation builds. Because what happens if like, you know, they, they talk me in a seminar. I'm just, I'm just talking nonsense. And they're like, wait, this guy doesn't know anything. I just destroyed the reputation of the brand that I represent. So yes, it's a matter for, first of all, reputation. Everything goes back to reputation, education. And also you, I am very proud to represent a, a category or a tequila that represents a lot of culture. So not only am I doing this for myself, but I'm also doing this for like, you know, like my people, like let's, 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 let's get up there. You know, you talk tequila, you, you think, you know, you think music, you think, uh, you know, uh, parties, you think, you think tacos, you think good time, yeah. you know? And if I'm able to like highlight that and like remove that, that horrible thing that everyone used to be scarred about, about tequila that you, you know, you drink it and it's going to be a horrible night. No, that's not, that's not a thing. That's, um, that's unfortunate. Maybe like overconsumption or of, of some sort, but mm-hmm. there is a way, you know, now people drink, uh, you know, I, I get people drinking Milagro tequila all the time, neat, you know, on the rocks. You know, and then my number one thing is like, there's no wrong way to drink Milagro tequila. It's a matter of how you want it. You know, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. If a bartender is like, hey, you, you don't probably don't want to do that. You know, maybe take them suggestion just because you're about to make a new friend. And on top of that, they're, they're probably giving you a reason why, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, overall, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of like the, the role of like the brand ambassador and how we got to it. But uh, I'm very excited uh, about being with Milagro Tequila. And also, just a question for you, um, Anthony. Do you know what Milagro means? No, I was. That was that question was coming up. Oh, all right. Sorry, sorry to jump on that one. No, no it's, it's all right. Like a, a passion point of mine. So, anybody that's listening to this, wherever you see this beautiful blue iconic bottle, Milagro means miracle. Mm. Okay, and then the whole uh, it says leyenda. The Milagro Tequila, it just means the legend, the legend of the miracle. That's what this is what this means. And if you give me an opportunity, I don't know if you're gonna ask me something before I ask you, but <laughs> if you give me the opportunity to break down the, the bottle of Milagro Tequila, it would be a complete honor. Oh, please uh, tell us about it because uh, that's what I wanted to get into next. Is please tell us about Milagro. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. All right. So as I as I have everybody's attention, this is great. <laughs> this is awesome. Love being on a podcast, man. And I'm gonna tell you, I think this is a, this is officially my first podcast. Podcast doing. 
Oh, cool. So this is, yeah, thank you for the for the first time here, man. Yeah, the, Appreciate I, it. I, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get into it. So Milagro Tequila, whenever you look at this beautiful tall blue bottle, it is, uh, it is a representation of modern Mexico. Milagro Tequila, I was actually born in 1998, and it was born out of the optimism that Mexico City offers. So once upon a time in the, you know, in 1998 era, there was a lot of tequilas, but Baltara tequila is that represents in Mexico and the flavors of Mexico, but not a tequila that represented modern Mexico. What do I mean by this? Well, there was a lot of tequilas that didn't hit the, the, the nightclub scene. There was a lot of tequilas that didn't know how to express the artistic beautifulness of Mexico City. Hence, this beautiful, it's beautiful blue bottle is to represent the, um, the artist of Mexico City. And the, the skyscraper look of Milagro Tequila is actually to represent all the tall buildings in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, Anthony, uh, have you had the pleasure of going to Mexico City before? I've never had the pleasure, no. Oh man, it's a it's it's a it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful city. Like incredibly full of art, full of energy, and it's a, a tremendous nightlife over there. So this is a this is like the whole roundabout of Milagro Tequila and the bottle itself. The other most important thing is that not all tequilas are made equally, and by that I mean one thing. So in order to be called um, a delicious, most respectful, upright tequila, you have to be made out of a 100% blue agave. Mm-hmm. If you have your bottle there and you look down to towards the bottom, it says 100% de agave. That just means 100% made out of blue agave. And the rule with making tequila is that tequila can only be made with blue agave. Right. Right? So you cannot make it with a different type of uh, agave, unlike, you know, um, mezcal, which is on fire right now as well. Yeah. They can could, they could make it out of any mezcal they want. But most importantly, too, we make uh, Milagro Tequila in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico. So that is also very important because there's only five regions where tequila can be made. Okay. And I'm just going to say them out loud here just because, you know, education is power. Right. So it's Guanajuato, Jalisco, Mexico, Tamaulipas, Nayarit, and Michoacán. These are the five states where tequila can be made. And just to g- give a full clarification here, when I ask people, hey, where does tequila come from? Most of the time, they only say, most of the time, they only say Jalisco, Mexico. And why is that? Well, because Jalisco, Mexico is actually the number one producer of tequila. Mm. And this is why it has a, a big reputation. After that, the other ones also make tequila, but not as an, uh, at a, an abundant amount. Right? So that is where uh, Milagro Tequila comes from. And the other amazing thing is that we do come in at 80 proof. Uh, everything, whenever you look at a bottle of Milagro Tequila or just a bottle of tequila in general, the bottle speaks to you even before you even consume it, right? Everything from color. Today we have Milagro Silver. You don't see any like uh, darker hue to it because it has not seen a barrel yet. But don't get that mistaken. There has been a lot of love and passion into making Milagro Tequila. Why? Because before we even get to the point of being able to make tequila, the agave has to be in the ground now anywhere from like six to eight years, maybe even eight to 10 years. And that's only because Mother Nature, we don't know, you know, there's a such thing. I don't know if anybody's going to agree with me, disagree with me. There's a such thing of 
climate change. Right. And this has been a, a big factor, you know, uh, of weather and pattern. So when you see a bottle of tequila, Milagro Silver, you are getting the, the love and respect of an agave that's been matured long enough in order to be full to, to be made uh, into tequila, right? And just to touch a little bit on, on like, uh, uh, you know, stepping back a little bit. Before there was tequila, there was pulque. Do you know what pulque is? No, I've never heard of that. So this is good. This dates a little bit, little way too far back. I won't get a little too deep into it. But pulque is, have you ever seen an agave? Sometimes when it's just so ripened and ready to be plucked from the ground, it oozes out uh, a sap mm-hmm. out of the out of the agave. So with that sap, they just ferment it, and you get something called pulque, which is now it's it's very very common in Mexico City. They have pulquerias, but it's not quite tequila. Because in order to be called tequila, you have to be distilled. And the law is that you have to be distilled twice, right? And with Milagro Tequila, we actually distill in pot still, and then we go into column still. That is like our innovation into making tequila. And one of those beautiful things is that after you go into the pulque making, then you go into the, you know, the slow, slow roasting for 36 hours that we naturally do. Then we go into the fermentation process for like 72 hours. And then finally, we go into the double distillation. And then here we have the final product, which is Milagro Silver. And with Milagro Tequila, we do have three different expressions, but two different uh, lineups. So we have Milagro Silver. Then we have Milagro Reposado. Do you know what uh, Reposado means? Uh, no. My Spanish is win? really weak. Oh, beautiful. Well, this is, this, is, this is the amazing part about it. So Reposado just means rested. Very straightforward, and this is why because it's been rested in in our barrels. We use American oak barrels, uh-huh. right? And then finally, we have añejo. Añejo, literally, the word añejo uh, just means aged, mm. and it's been aged in American oak barrels. So that's like the beautiful part about. I guess for a Spanish speaker, it's kind of like very obvious, but it's not about stating the obvious. It's about like you know being able to share that that love, that light, that education forward. So next time you you're with a buddy or with family, you're like. Yo, let's get that reposado, milagro reposado, because that is that is rested in American oak barrels, and then darn it, it's good, you know. <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's uh, that's kind of like the the full round on the uh, without getting too deep into it. And honestly, it's one of those things where you know if you're at home hanging out, man, just grab that beautiful thing you like to call a phone and drizzle that stuff over. You know, it's it's very it's that easy. And if you have a local bedmo, wherever state you're in, then you do that too. But another great thing is I'm going a, I'm to a kind of seal the deal, deal on this one just because many people ask me, hey, how do I keep up with your recipes? How do I do cocktails? Very easy. You either stick on the Milagro Tequila website and I have like the recipes laid out there with beautiful pictures, which is amazing. Or you just, you know, stay in tune with me, which is, you know how we all do it. We all stay on Instagram. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a that's that's a beautiful platform. I do have Facebook, but my strong suit is Instagram. So um, I don't know if you if you give me the opportunity to put my my Instagram out here. I'm blast. And one more time, Hey Bartender Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming up towards the end of uh, Hey Bartender Podcast episode. Uh, Luis, thank you so much for coming on the show, talking about yourself, and telling us uh, some information about Milagro Tequila. Uh, it uh it was great conversation i i uh, love i just love this and thank you so much for this bottle it is a beautiful bottle uh if you people 
Go check it out uh, uh, sometime because it is a very beautiful bottle. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, Anthony, if I could just leave you with one thing here too, it's like just because the number one cocktail with uh, uh, with tequila is a margarita, let me give you the best recipe that you could have. And Please. it's super simple and clean. So we call this the freshest margarita at Milagro Tequila. And it's very simple. It is two parts Milagro Silver or if you have a reposado, by all means, but two parts Milagro Silver, one part fresh squeezed lime juice, and three quarter parts agave nectar. Give that a shake and, you know, a protein shake and a shaker, whatever you have there to be able to shake it up, serve it over ice, and then garnish it with a lemon, uh, I mean, lime wedge, and you're, you're ready to rock and roll, man. And you could just multiply that as many times as you want, and you could have a punch bowl in front of you, yeah? And then, like I said, if you want to keep in tune with me, Please follow me on Instagram at Chicharrones con Limón. I'm going to say that one more time. Chicharrones con Limón. It's very uh, Latino-oriented, and that is pork skin with lime. That is exactly what it, it translates over to. So it's one of my favorite snacks, so I just have to put that out there. But, Anthony, thank you very much for all the amazing questions. Uh, you've been such a fantastic host, and I'm super excited to keep on listening to a bartender podcast in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you want to uh, come back on the show, uh, you're a blast to talk to. And uh, is there any other social media or email uh, or anything like that, that you want people to know about? Uh, or yeah. Please. If, people, also, uh, if, if people want to research Milagro tequila, uh, uh, their website. Yeah, absolutely. It's very simple. That is just www.milagrotequila.com. And you log in there, it'll give you so much history. So many uh, cocktail templates. You have beautiful pictures. We just redid the website, so there's a super sexy. I love it. And there's a the, the history is in there as well. You could get your Milagro tequila through Drizzly, no matter where you're at. And uh, most importantly, is like wherever you're, you're drinking Milagro tequila, always drink responsibly. And follow us also on uh, social media, IG Milagro Tequila and Chicharrones con Limon and. If you have any questions out there, if you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast, please do not be shy to send me a direct message about any cocktail recipes. If you want like a, you know, a personal feel, I will do that for you, you know. So once again, thank you again, um, Anthony, for, for a fantastic evening. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. And for you people, yeah, I'm sorry. That is the end of this episode of Hey Bartender Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to share, like, subscribe, rate, do all the groovy stuff that makes me look good. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the bartender, tell the server. You know, just anything will, you know, will help. Like to once again, thanks Luis Lopez and Milagro Tequila for being on Hey Bartender Podcast. Uh, remember people, if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, share a story, or uh, talk about yourself a little bit, brag about your business, all you have to do is drop me a message. Either DM me on all the social medias, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Or you can drop me an email, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Remember also to visit the website, heybartenderpodcast.com, where you can go check out the latest episodes, or you can even go check out some of the Hey Bartender Podcast swag that's available. And one more thing, this episode of Hey Bartender Podcast is brought to you by CWSpirits.com, Country Wine and Spirits. If you want to go and grab your own bottle of Milagro tequila or absolutely anything else, 
Country Wine and Spirits is the place to go. All you have to do is go to www.cwspirits.com. And as a special bonus, use Hey Bartender 5 at checkout and get 5% off your entire order. All orders are over $125. Get free shipping. Finally, a big thanks to Laura Hope and the Arctones for their song, Dr. Bartender. It's I always play it at the top of the show. The rest of their music catalog is awesome. Go check them out wherever you stream music. And that's it for this episode of Hey Bartender Podcast. And as usual, people, I wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here!